Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors to hear about what they are learning, what they are teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, welcome to Behind the Sermon. This is Pastor Andrew, and I'm here with Pastor Nate, Pastor Stephen, and Pastor Jeremy while we are on a trip in Texas. So we're here to talk about the sermon series, Pitfalls. Hanging out in a hotel room. It is 11.30 p.m. your time. And uh, this is the first free moment. So we're here in, in Texas, uh, just south of Dallas. Um, not for fun. I mean, we've been working all day, um, but for training. So always wanting to grow as pastors, always wanting to... Um, grow the church, and so that's why we're here. Yeah. So we're in the series Pitfalls, and so this is we've extended it, and I like this week, Pastor Nate, because this is kind of a, almost a sneak preview of a ser- another sermon series that we're going to be doing later on in the year that's focusing on mental health, and this was a great, almost really early intro into that um, because we just got the opportunity to begin to kind of discuss different mental health issues and um, and stuff that happens a lot of times internally for us that we kind of don't necessarily have a chance to process or doesn't get processed in a church context very well. And so, yeah, so I really liked it. And uh, I don't know how you guys felt about it, Pastor Stephen, Pastor Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> for context, my household was sick. This weekend, so watching the sermon church online with two children who want your attention, it was hard to focus. So while the sermon was on, uh, retaining it was a very big challenge <laughs> for me. And then since we've been here, um, I honestly I haven't played the podcast yet. So why don't you talk as if I did not hear. <laughs> message this Sunday, and I'm about to listen to the podcast when we're done. <laughs> I think I think it was great. It was, uh, I got to be in Dover this week, so I was not in Plymouth, which I missed, uh, but I think a lot of people were really uh, waiting and waiting for this uh, mental health week, uh, because last week... Not this past Sunday, but the fall, the previous Sunday, I had people ask me, hey, when are you guys talking about it, like mental health? I'm like, this coming week, make sure you you watch it online if you cannot make it, or uh, make sure you, you bring a friend. So I think it was pretty, pretty good uh, that we addressed things like this. Yeah. Like, I, I never seen or heard churches talk about all this often but you know good thing about us is like we talk about it the hot topics or hard topics we teach through the church so yeah one of the things i liked about it and so this is one of the things that i feel like you've always done well whenever we talk about uh, mental health so maybe talk through a little bit of your philosophy on this talking about mental health is really hard 
because it tends to err in one of two directions. Like, this is my identity, this is who I am. This mental health issue is who I am. And so you see a lot of that become the thing, or it errs into the mentality of, oh, you just need to care about yourself and that's all that matters, and fixing you and you know fix your mental health issues. But you tend to do you, would you would you add in the feeling that everything's demonic to that description? Yeah, I would I would definitely add that in. That it can be yeah, it can be demonic is another way you hear it in the church that you can just pray through this. If you just pray hard enough it'll go away because you're under spiritual attack and that's it. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard it's so it's hard to navigate that balance of figuring out when because I've had moments in my life where I did have mental health issues that were spiritual and it took a breakthrough to pray about it. And I've had moments in my life where it wasn't spiritual and it was practical. And so when we did the mental, we did a series called mental hell a few years ago. And honestly, I feel like I want to rewatch that to, um, to see like, does it have staying power, Mm. you know, a few years later, but we opened that whole, I opened that whole series with this statement, which, which I think uh, sets the stage to it. Um, not every mental health problem is a spiritual problem when it begins. So some, it is because of trauma. Um, some crises can be because you have low sodium, low vitamin D, um, because you don't exercise, because you're eating fatty foods, like those are all things that can that can cause, um, me, uh, you know, a mental health uh, decline. But and I said it a lot more succinctly than this in this in this in the series. Um, but any time you're dealing with a mental health thing, whether it starts physically or not the enemy is always going to jump in on that bandwagon. So you have low vitamin D and you begin to have, face a bout of depression, the enemy's showing up. And, he, and so, it, every, so it will always be both physical and spiritual. Right. Um, and then if it starts out as spiritual, then the physical symptoms start coming later. So it is a both if question, but how you treat it is is different um so that for me i think that's the not that i always want to be balanced and everything but i feel like that's more real right so you can't just the other thing that's helpful too is that when we think about mental health we um we always think like well it's just wrong thinking but a lot, oftentimes what we forget is that the brain is an organ. Mm. And so the brain can have a wrong chemical or chemical. It can have a misfire, a wrong chemical surrounding the brain. And you need to treat the brain like you would any other organ. So when I'm having intense abdominal cramping, I don't just say this is a spiritual problem. I need to pray through it. No, I need to help my stomach. I need to take... Tums or change what I'm eating. I need to do something to change the problem. So your brain's the same thing. It's an organ. So when it has something wrong, you need to take care of that organ. I like that a lot. 
That's cool. Yeah, for sure. But uh, so, like when you were talking about it, uh, just kind of rang through my mind as like, like I've heard some people take this as an excuse to get out of things. So, uh, hey, uh, I'm having this this issue, so I'm not doing this. Hey, I'm having this this problem, so I'm not going to volunteer or like I'm not going yeah. to get involved. So, like, you know, like instead of instead of dressing that, but addressing in a in a in an improper way, maybe. Right. So it become. Hey, I can't serve anymore because. You know, because I'm because I'm depressed. I can't serve anymore because, you know, I it, I'm just not doing well, and in some ways, I understand. All right, um, but there's other times like you serve through it, mm. and a, a sermon I preach at at um at Plymouth the one week when you had COVID and had a brand new baby. I, um, <laughs> Pastor Steve, the, uh, uh, something I said during that sermon was when we have storms and we just bail out, then the enemy is going to put on his little floaties and come jump in the water and splash us because if all it takes is a couple of waves to get us to bail out, he's going to generate those waves in our life. And so he, you got to think through, all right, if you're, if your brain is, is having a problem and it needs some healing is disconnecting from the mission of God, the thing that's going to bring the healing. Hmm. So it comes in, right. It's a deeper, it's a deeper belief in a deeper theology. And if I believe something spiritual is going on, then you better believe I'm not disengaging from what God's called me to do. So unless God is speaking to me and saying, hey, man, you got to rest. Um, and, and my elders, like my pastors and, and my leaders are saying, all right, you got to rest. We're, we're calling you into a season uh, of rest because you need to, you need to heal. Then, then I'm going to listen to that point. But it's just... No way I'm going to risk being disconnected from the church and the assignment God has on me. Even if I have a, like, if my, I've got abdominal cramping or, you know, people who've got cancer and they're doing chemo and they're throwing up every third day, they're still serving, right? They're not, they don't give up. Like, no, this is what I'm called to do. I'm not going to let cancer cells keep me from the mission of God. And I would do the same thing with a mental health thing. Do you think, do you think it's, um, so you're, you're aware of that lens though, like to, you do a great job, Pastor Nate, and I, and I think we try and keep that healthy balance of, you don't over-spiritualize, but you keep in mind the spiritual side. Do you think that's because we are full-time ministry, we think through it more, we're helping other people work through it, so... Just thinking through, like, sometimes people don't realize it would be a spiritual 
attack at all or even could turn into it, right? Because isolate seems to be the most the most common point. I'm yeah, getting like, unhealthy. I'm going to retract from the only thing that I enjoy. Right. And, and that, I mean, we see that on a monthly basis, right? Yeah. yeah. You guys see it at all your locations? Right. Hey, uh, things in my life are going terrible, so I'm going to stop going to church. What? Right. Like, I know, I, and I'm trying to be sensitive because I know you're listening and I know you do that. All right. But so, again, like, the, that's a tactic. You got to recognize right now that's a tactic the enemy is going to use to try to take you out. Right. So, that is the first. The, you get, let's take the. So, it's like the word divorce. You know, every time I, if I get in a fight with my wife, if I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to divorce you. Like, is that ever going to make the problem better? Right. You got to take out that word if you're ever going to move forward. Yeah. And so quitting church and quitting your ministry team, and some of you, I've known you for three, four, five years, and you do it every six months. You're on for six months with a lot of passion, and then you quit for the next six, eight months or a year, and then jump back on. I recognize that pattern in you. And I'm not trying to be a jerk. Remember, it's 1130 at night, <laughs> 1142 now. Um, but do you, do you recognize that pattern in yourself? And then what are you going to do? So instead of isolating, to be more deliberate about congregating. And if Ryan Ness, if you're listening, he helped me with that point. So I'll give him the credit. Uh, you've got to... So you, you, when it gets worse we get closer. Right. Yeah. When, when persecution gets heavier, the church gets closer. When you're in crisis, you get closer to your brothers and sisters, not farther apart. When you see the hyenas coming, you go back to back and say, hey, I am not getting taken out under no circumstance. All right. I think one of the important things, so when Jeremy mentioned about the lens of seeing like, oh, sometimes you don't realize it might be a spiritual problem. Maybe we do because we're in full-time ministry. I distinctly remember during the mental health series, Nate saying, hey, maybe your mental health issue is a spiritual problem. Let's pray about that right now. And he said to the whole congregation, and then next thing I know, I was sobbing because even I didn't have that perspective. Mm, okay. I didn't see that. I didn't realize my issue right then was a spiritual issue that was going on. And so I was going through about a depression and it went away right then, just gone instantly because it was wow. spiritual. And I didn't realize it in the moment until Nate said, hey, maybe this is a spiritual thing. And one of the biggest problems with mental health issues is they do warp your own perspective. Right. You can't look at it properly. You can't see right. and you need to give space for people who you trust and who have your best interests are to speak into it. So what's something that's, I mean, I'm no expert, all right? I just know from, from friends and family and church people over the last 20 years that they prescribe the medication from their doctor. The medication starts helping. The medication works. It improves them. And then they decide, I feel great. I'm not going to take the medication anymore. And then they stop taking without the doctor telling them. And then all of those negative symptoms all come back again. And, and we, right? So, I, you know, conversely on the flip side of it, 
we're doing all of these things to try to make us feel better. None of them do. And when we should be turning to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, um, and even turning to him for, if it is a brain organ problem, we should still be talking about Jesus. If I've got shin splints, I should be talking to Jesus about that too. Um, and he's my Lord. I go to him about everything uh, because I love him, because he loves me. When my little boys have growing pains, I mean, sometimes it's annoying, but, <laughs> but I'm not Jesus, all right? I, I, um, like I, I rub their legs, and I give them medicine, and I help them. Uh, anyway, it's really late. I should have had more coffee. I feel like I'm rambling. No, no, no I'm not. All right. Pastor Andrew, uh, yeah. you mentioned you had uh, both a spiritual and a, a physical like mental health uh how did you differentiate between like how did you know that it was this was this one was spiritual and this was not and how do you overcame each each one of those yeah that's a good question because i am currently navigating a lot of that in my life um i didn't that was the first time i ever recognized it as a spiritual problem so living my entire life being a Christian, you know, really since I was 13 years old, that was the first time my mental health ever became a spiritual problem. And not every time has it gone away because of prayer. So that was a rare case where I had a bout of depression that was starting to get bad and it disappeared and it didn't come back for months. I go through seasons where it does come back and it does pop up again. And even now I'm in the midst of one that required medication and it transformed and changed me completely to be on medication and to finally be able to see how bad I was and what was happening in me. Um, and so basically the way I don't have like a solid way that I determine it, but it's just like when I'm in the midst of these things, I throw everything at it. Yeah. Why, why leave anything yeah. up to chance? Yeah. Like guard in every corner. Yeah. And right? so, so if it's a, if it could be spiritually solved, I'm going to chase after that. If it has to be physically solved, I'm going to chase after that. If it has to be solved in therapy, I'm going to chase after that. And so I'll go after everything and then I'll invite God into the process of whatever's working. Mm -hmm. So if therapy is working, I continue to invite God into that. If medication is working, I invite God into that. <clears throat> if just a moment of Pastor Nate saying something from the stage and me breaking down and being lifted of that is working, I continue to invite God into that. And it's really, it's not an easy thing, especially in the midst of your perception being distorted by whatever's happening in your brain, but it's a com continuous commitment that this is not the way life is supposed to be. And there is, there is something greener because that's for me, the absolutely malicious part of when I'm in one of these sessions is they not only cloud my, my life then, they can go back in time and ruin happy memories. Like when I'm depressed, it ruins happy memories. I feel like that would be a spiritual thing. Yeah. Right? To, to ruin, to, to take a blessing mm. and try to, to pervert it. Yeah into like you know that's like kind of some of the twisting and and deceiving that the enemy does yeah um a, a guy i went to um i went to bible college with 
so he he's a counselor right now and travels and speaks he um he posted something about what's the difference between psychosis which is which is like paranoia and and living kind of outside of reality what's the difference between that and demonic activity which i thought was interesting psychosis is short-lived and demonic activity is sustainable like it's sustained mm. so i think that's that's one difference and with psychosis there's um moments of lucidity well even with a demonic person yeah. like right you can have a normal conversation with them and then all of a sudden their all their eye turns black <laughs> right and you're getting goosebumps and you're like why am i getting goosebumps right now yeah you know, I'm at Wendy's. Like, oh, Wendy. <laughs> Wendy's eyes are black. <laughs> um, uh, but but psychosis can be can be like through family. Demonic activity can be unrelated to that. Um, and then yeah, so there's a few different rubrics you can use to determine the two one thing that i thought was interesting with what you were sharing pastor andrew with like inviting god throughout the process one thing that would require uh, so if someone's going through mental health and and wanting to do that is um understanding what processes god wants you to go through Mm -hmm. that makes sense so if it's therapy, I'm going to invite God into it. If it's um, praying and fasting, I'm going to invite God into it. If it's getting healed by a Reiki master, <laughs> okay, well, hang on. Like, so you need to think through now when you when you're working through those things to still put. I just I just thought through like to still put this biblical lens yeah. to where okay, maybe it is just. Uh, chemical imbalance, which is is that science? That's something that they they study and notice happen. Versus like, oh, we're, all right, well, I'll just cover all my bases, just just in case someone's thinking, oh, my aunt is a psychic. Well, yeah. So Reiki <laughs> right? Reiki is um is not it, it would be occultish. It would be right. extra biblical. So those are things that we don't want to participate in. I and I would think of a few things. You know, the person who who's smoking marijuana, um, the person who, um, I'm trying to think of what else that would actually be socially acceptable. Um, yeah, going, you know, we've had people go to psychics, go to healers, um, doing, just doing these different things to try to treat themselves. We need to go to scripture and we need to go to, and as much as we can, Christian counselors, but sometimes we don't always have that opportunity, but a, but a licensed counselor. But, but I've known Christians to get counselors that that couldn't work through processing when the counselor was suggesting that church might be the issue. And they actually had to like work through it. And then it was like, well, well hang on a second. Can't you see that's a red... You need to get a new counselor instantly. Right. Because that's not so. I'm just saying, in the sense of like, it's safe. It's it's good to pursue as many options as you can, mm-hmm. but to start guarding, like we should all try to be guarding ourselves early, 
So if we find ourselves falling into this mental health issue, we at least can stay lucid enough to put a biblical lens through it. Because I feel like people who are are not in the word and not studying, their solution is is normally far from biblical. And, right, yeah, and it yeah. works and because it's this spiritual attack. He's yeah. going to lay off. It goes back to Pastor Stephen. So I'm going to stop serving. Right. I'm going to stop attending church. I'm going right. to... And once you know that, Ed, that works because the enemy lays off you. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, I show up at church, church. I get so much anxiety. I'm not going to go to church anymore. That, yeah. You're not feeling social anxiety. You're feeling demonic pressure to not be around the gospel, not to be around the good news of right. Jesus. Mm. And so it's that pressure. When I go to church, I want to run out of the room. So I'm not going to come anymore. Wait a minute. No, 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 no. Stay until breakthrough. Right. The enemy is dictating uh, what you're what you're allowed to be around, right. and so don't don't lose that battle. Don't give that up. Yeah, and I think you're right. When we're not in this, we have to make decisions now. I have to make choices when I'm feeling mentally um, fit or mentally um, in at Woke. peak. Woke. <laughs> I don't know. When I'm, I'm what, <laughs> when, when I'm when I'm in a good mental place, I have to make decisions that I know I'm going to have to carry into yeah into a crisis because I make I make better decisions in the midst of that. No, like I have to log like I feel good today. This is what I'm supposed to feel like. This is what life is supposed to be. And remember when I'm in the midst of it. Oh, remember. You feel like this when things are normal. If you're not experiencing that, something else is going on. Mm. And so logging and, and making sure, and that's and you know, that's part of all like that's that's a scriptural mandate to remember what God has done. Remember the miracles, remember what He has for you, so that when you're in the midst of persecution, a crisis, a question of faith, you can make a decision based on when you know God is present not based on what you're currently feeling. So that, that, that you know, church-wise, those are core values. Mm. So these, this is how we act. And then in crisis, you act according to those core values. When I taught the core values series, I don't know, in 2016, the, we had a suburban at the time. The core value... For my, when I told my wife, like, hey, we're going on a road trip. We got a new huge vehicle. Here's a core value. Don't swerve. If you swerve, we're going to roll over in a Suburban. So <laughs> brake hard, crash into stuff. That's why the thing's huge. That's why we have seatbelts and airbags. Don't swerve. And, um, and so that was the core value. So the core value is we go to church. Mm, yeah. The core value is we read scripture. The core value is we take care of ourselves. And so if we're, we, we see the doctor, we see the counselor if we need to, we, we, we take the prescribed medication if it's recommended. Um, you know, you know, those are, you've got to kind of determine some of those things way ahead of time, you know, before you ever before you ever have sex, you determine, no, we value life. And so whatever the doctor's report is, we value life. And so it won't be a question for if it's healthy or not, if it's viable or not, if my life's in danger or not. 
you, you know. Um, and so you, you, before you start dating, here's my sexual ethic. I've predetermined how I'm going to treat the opposite, how I'm going to treat the opposite gender. I predetermined whether or not I'm going to only like the opposite gender, right? You, you, you live out those personal convictions, um, but, but, or core values. And you, and as Christians, we're supposed to make those decisions according to the word. Yeah. You shared a little bit about um, a journey you've been going on uh, on Sunday. Uh, and so you talked a little about, about you being in the midst of a crisis and how you handled it. You did a couple things that I think are really important that I would love for you to expound upon and how you were able to actually. So one of the things you talked about was I was not doing well. I had this low level of stress that wasn't leaving, that was consistent and wouldn't go away. And so I ended up going to the deacon board and saying, hey, this is what's going on. So talk through maybe like, how did you arrive at, I need to go to the deacon board and what does the deacon board do and how did they help you in the midst of that process? Well, the deacon board, you know, church structure wise, they, you know, one of their, one of their roles is caring for me and they can't care for me if I lie to them. So that's part of it, right? I have to, they, they, they're a group of, of people in the church that I have to be honest with. And so I am, <laughs> sometimes I feel like maybe I'm too honest with them, um, but I am honest with them. And, um, and so, you know, if I just think through last year, we, so we just had a lot of, we live sometimes five people's life, lifetimes in a year. So within an eight-month period, we moved three times. We were homeschooling kids because of COVID. We were building a house. We got a puppy. Just all of these high-stress things we had kids dealing with, physical problems. And, and, and so all these normally high-stress things, um, staff transitions, launching a location, <laughs> over $100,000 of building projects going on at multiple locations, over $200,000 at multiple, just, you know, just five five lifetimes that we did in a a year, year and a half. And then we had a bunch of bad things happen to us personally. One bad thing after another, after another, after another. And it uh, affected me like I've never been affected by, I've never been affected before just constant chest tightness and stress that was in my entire abdomen that never went away. Mm-hmm. And anytime my email dinged, my personal email, my cell phone rung, I would, it would be like almost a panic attack. Like <gasps> what bad news is coming next? And the unfortunate thing was at least once a week, there was more bad news. It was non-stop, non-stop. And so um, I remember I had reached out to all the staff because, all right, so staff, again, I'm going to live my, I'm not, I don't try to be a perfect Christian. I try not to act like someone has got it all together. So when it's bad and I, and I told all the staff, I'm like, hey, 
we just got something that I don't even remember what it was, but like another hideous, like it just feels like debilitating bad news. Could you guys just come to our house and pray for us? Because, because Michelle and I aren't doing good. Like we're crying and we're hurting. Can you come pray for us? And then everybody's like, yeah, we're coming. We're coming with you, Pastor. I'm like, never mind. I got COVID. Like, <laughs> and so amidst of all of that, then I'm like just wiped out, just completely, you know, bedridden for a couple of days. But that was ultimately a good thing because it made me slow down. It forced me to spend some time like really contemplating with God and I got to spend some time with just the kids playing video games and just chilling for a little bit. And it felt like I was in a vegetative state. And some of it was because I was sick, all right? But I was glad I got sick because <laughs> it just, I just needed the time off. And um, when that got done, I said to Michelle, I, I, you know, I, I just, I probably need to go to counseling now just because this isn't going away. And I feel like if I don't do something, it's not going to go away because it's not, it's getting worse because we keep getting more crappy news. And so I tried to do an online counselor. I went to one guy one time and fired him. It went to another person the exact same week. And she, in my counseling, I told her everything. I was going terrible in my life. And I joke, I'm not joking. Her response to me was, maybe your church should start a VBS. And I was like, <laughs> oh, excuse me. I said, I don't know. Maybe I don't, maybe. And I was stammering because I was like, I mean, I was so angry. I was like, lady, why don't you just shut up? <laughs> like, are you so out of touch? So I fired her before the call was over. I, I, and and um, Mich- I don't, Michelle was a counselor. I don't think she even believed that that happened. But so then I felt like giving up. Like, all right, I tried two people within a week. This was a disaster. And then I just... I didn't give up. So I got some insurance through Michelle's work. I ended up going, I ended up talking with the, with the board, the deacon board. So maybe I'm giving too much information. Um, but just saying, Hey, like at this point, dealing with everything we've got going on this year, I just not, I'm just not doing well. And Maybe that was when I came back from general counsel. Some we were driving to Florida. You know, kids are talking with Michelle in the car, and like I'm there, so I'm driving, and they're just talking about me as if I'm not there. And I'm like, Dad just never laughs. I don't. I've never seen Dad laugh before in my life. And I'm like, Come on, guys, you've seen me laugh before. But but it was just thinking through, like, well. Maybe they haven't seen me laugh in a few months, and that could be true. Um, and so started to realize, um, you know, it's affecting the kids some. And then on the drive home, like a week later, when we're driving cross country so I can get back in church in time to preach, um, I said some, I, I laughed at one of my own jokes, just no one can make me laugh more than I can. <laughs> <laughs> and and then and then they were like from the back of the vehicle like 
did you hear that? Dad just left. And so I, at that point, I was committed, like, I've got to get something. So there's a Christian counselor, um, and I emailed him in August. I'm like, hey, I'd like to come start seeing you. Will you put me on your wait list? How long is your wait list? And so he was like, yeah, I'll put you on my wait list. I think I could, I, I, I think I'll maybe have an opening in October. And I said, that would be great. And then I went to Ohio. There's a big counseling firm in Ohio that does that's, uh, does um, counseling for pastors. So if you get your AG ordination card, it's on the back of that. Wow. So I just... He told you to start a VBS. <laughs> no. So I went to that. I, they, uh, my, my counselor... So I went there for three days in Ohio in the end of September. My counselor there... Um, he went to North Point. So when I was a freshman, he was a senior. So I recognized him. Oh, wow. And, um, and did that for a couple of days. And then while I, was, while I was there, the local counselor in Dover was like, hey, I've got an opening. Can you start next week? So then it was perfect. Mm. So I went to Ohio and started with the other guy next week. And I've been working through that. And it's been uncomfortable. And I, I don't really like it. I'm just committed to it. I'm not going to just say it's not working. I'm just committed. I'm going to. I, I'm going to get. I'm going to get healthy. And I think one of the things that was was interesting. When uh, I don't remember who it was, the guy in Ohio or the guy in Dover, when they're like, "Well, tell me your story," and I start talking through like life and church, and and they're like, "Why have you never gone to counseling before?" And I'm like, "Well, I mean, I was just, I just managed it all." I, I never felt bad until this year. Like, it, I just managed it all. And I probably wasn't managing it as well as I thought I was. Mm. And I probably wouldn't have the crisis had I just made it a regular rhythm. Um, so my new, you know, the things I'll coach my boys on in the future is go get counseling before you need it, right? Go get an oil change before you need an engine. No. Um, Michelle and I get marriage counseling while our marriage is good. But let's not wait for it to be bad to get marriage counseling. Let's go while it's good so it can be better. And let's go while it's great so it can be greater. And long answer, I don't even think I answered it. No, I mean, no, that I was mean, a great answer. That was a great answer, how it, you ended up there. And it puts in a great perspective of, like, because, again, when you're in it, you know, I think it's part of enemy tactic too to make you feel like, hey, no one, no one quite gets what you're going through. Mm. You're very, you're very alone in it, right? That's like the feeling people have. Like, so if you feel yourself feeling that way, even now when when Pastor Nate's preaching out of the cave series, like to know, like, no, like this is stuff that that everyone processes through, and like you've processed it in a in the healthiest way, I think. Um, you open and honest with the people close to you. you know. Right, yeah, yeah. So I didn't isolate. Yeah. So as soon as I recognized, hey, I'm not good, my response was, hey, st- hey, friends, staff, can you come to my house and pray with us? Yeah. Um, we just got another round of bad news, and we're brokenhearted. Um, it was, hey, Deacon Board, um, I've got to, here's where, here's the reality of where I am personally right now. Mm -hmm. I need you to care for me. 
and they did. They stepped up because they're amazing. Um, and so I didn't isolate, right? So I was stuck in my own mind for a while, and I thought I was managing it. But as soon as I recognized, okay, this isn't going away. Something's wrong. Yeah. Like I might go, I, I, I might have a gallbladder issue <laughs> happening. So I was thinking tonight, like an hour ago, like, maybe I should go get that checked out. Hey, that pain's not going away. <laughs> but, but so just that maybe this will sound like too much of a commercial, but put, to put it into someone else's perspective, right? No one's going to say, hey, hey, staff, right? Even if they're managing a business, like if it's an argument. You'd say, hey, circle. Right. Hey, circle, will you pray for me? Which we did too because yeah. we're in a circle and they're over a house. And so when the circle ends, we say, hey, can you guys pray for us um, about this? And then they pray for us yeah. right yeah. there when it ends. And so that was another group. Right. Yeah. So you're saying, you're saying hey, uh, Christian coworkers at work, could you pray with me? Hey, my, my circle group. Hey, my volunteer lead. Like those hey, are, my, yeah, my spiritual leaders. Those it was multiple. And I, I had my kids pray for me. So, hey, you know, guys, I'm, I got more bad news today, and, and I'm really hurting. Will you pray for me? And they put their little hands on, on my head and my shoulder, and I say, Dad, God, will you help my dad? Um, and, and help him not to be worried and... Help him when he's sad, and mm. amen. And so, and I have my wife pray for me. Michelle, mm. pray for me. I just don't feel right. I don't feel good. So, congregate, congregate, congregate. Yeah. And we never gave up on that. Yeah. Yeah. There's probably like 15 different things I could pick through from your story that I think have great things. But I think the last thing I want to ask you about, because I hear it all the time, talk through firing two counselors and still going to therapy. How, like, I hear it, therapy doesn't work for me. Yeah, therapy doesn't work, work for me. Tried it, didn't work. Talk us through that, because you've always pushed us, pushed up, pushed against that mentality in every mental health conversation I've ever had with you. Oh, well, because it's... More commitment. Where I tr I tried a treadmill. It didn't work for me. <laughs> what do you mean it didn't work for me? Oh, I gained ten pounds. And I started using the treadmill. Well, yeah, because you start exercising, you start eating more because you justify it. Like I've been there. Yeah. Um, so I ain't ever gonna try that again. Like, come on, you, you've gotta. Um, not every not everybody's good at their job. Be honest. Not every pastor is a good pastor. Not every, Me not every Mexican restaurant chef is a good chef. All right? So just because they, put Mex just because they cook Mexican food doesn't mean it'll be good Mexican food. Yeah. Although our Mexican food tonight was phenomenal. Uh, and not every counselor is a good one. But, and not every family practitioner is a good one. You know, you go to one ER and they miss stuff all the time. They, they miss stuff all the time. My son had a collapsed lung and they missed it. <laughs> and so, well, I'm never going to the ER again. Oh, I tried. It didn't help. It didn't make a difference. Well, you got to just have, be a little bit more mature than that. Mm. Honestly, I think it's immaturity. Yeah. Mm. 
I think you're, uh, uh, it's, it's mid, it's 12, 15 your time. So it's after midnight. I'm just going to go for it here. You're being immature. Grow up a little bit and go back to, to a different counselor. The counselor I have right now, he's using a process I'm not really familiar with. It makes me uncomfortable, but I'm going to keep going to it. But one, because I don't have any other options. Two, because, because he is a Christian, all right? And three, because he's the professional and I'm not. So I hate when people try to come to and tell me how to be a pastor when they've never gone to school to be a pastor. And so I'm not going to tell him how to be a counselor when I've never gone to school to be a counselor. I'm just going to trust him to do his job. And I'll know the VBS lady was way off her rocker. <laughs> and that's fine. But if I had no other choice, I would keep going to the VBS lady. I just would have been a little bit more assertive to say, hey, let's not try to tell me how to do my job. And I won't tell, tell you how to do your job. <laughs> But uh, I think that's a great conclusion uh, to the episode. So, yeah, I think it's great. Thanks for your transparency, Nate. Yeah, and thank you for yours. Thank you for all you guys just for being friends and being people I can be real with, that we can be real with each other. I don't think that's a dynamic that's normal amongst a church staff. Um, you know, I, I was thinking today because we had dinner with with. Uh, uh, another another church staff tonight and they were talking about their dynamic and I, I think for each of you guys I've been with your families that's at some of your worst moments and you know thank you guys for allowing me in your lives in those moments and um, thank you for being in my life at some of my worst moments too and my kids and my wife and um yeah. Uh, so we need to do some plugs here. Uh, this books. is a preview out of the cave. Get ready for the series we have coming up. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to be going through um, using Chris Hodge's book, Out of the Cave, to talk through our series, Out of the Cave. And so uh, that's this one was pitfalls to avoid, things that you do that will negatively affect your mental health. That series is talking about coming out of that cave, like coming out of you're already those in the dark pit. places. Yeah, you're in the pit. Now what? Um, so we've got that book we'll recommend. Also, a book that has been hugely helpful for me over the years was Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Meyer. And uh, that's a book that I've recommended. And I never have a copy of it because if I get it, I end up giving it away. It was good. Jenny Allen, Get Out of Your Head. Um, it's another great book. I think I've already rec I may have recommended that on the podcast before too. That was a good one. Um, I think I might have had another one. Oh, and then restoration recovery. Uh, starting to do mm. some counseling on Tuesday nights, and that'll be opening up more as the as the year progresses with more time slots and availability. But that's uh, an option. For you to get started as well that that's currently self-pay and then my counselor online they do not just marriage counseling as we've been pushing but but other types of counseling as well and so and the local options for you we are in a circle semester right now yeah we've got circles get plugged in going on right now you need to have people around you 
And again, the same, I try to circle, it doesn't work. Didn't I just preach on that in deeper community? You did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Try to hear, circle, didn't work. We hear it a lot. This is a theme. <laughs> this, is a, this is a theme of life. <laughs> but still, it's, it's circle, semester, circle semester starting, need to sign up for it. Yeah, you gotta, you've got to get in one. Right. Um, and if it's not a fit for you, you get in another one. And you can do that in the same semester. Like, we'll help you. Yeah, absolutely. to just get in places and then if you go if you tried every circle and none of them are fit for you you're the problem <laughs> all right you're the problem not the church not them so you've got to grow you've got to grow you've got to go to counseling about that and um and get some help yeah all right. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up everything we got for this week. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for being a part of the church. And thanks for tuning in. I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs>